He's the smartest person in the room. Hey there, how are you today? This is the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible, and I'm coming to you from Riverside, California, podcasting since 2004. I am your OG Godcaster, Steve Webb. I'm glad you're here. This is the daily podcast where we're reading through the entire Bible in a year. Today our reading is Job 31 and 32. I'm calling the episode, The Youngster Speaks. If you'd like to comment on today's show, the show notes page is at lifespringmedia.com s12e108. Let's begin. Job chapter 31. I made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust at a young woman. For what has God above chosen for us? What is our inheritance from the Almighty on high? Isn't it calamity for the wicked and misfortune for those who do evil? Doesn't he see everything I do and every step I take? Have I lied to anyone or deceived anyone? Let God weigh me on the scales of justice, for he knows my integrity. If I have strayed from his pathway, or if my heart has lusted for what my eyes have seen, or if I am guilty of any other sin, then let someone else eat the crops I have planted. Let all that I have planted be uprooted. If my heart has been seduced by a woman, or if I have lusted for my neighbor's wife, then let my wife serve another man. Let other men sleep with her. For lust is a shameful sin, a crime that should be punished. It is a fire that burns all the way to hell. It would wipe out everything I own. If I have been unfair to my male or female servants when they brought their complaints to me, how could I face God? What could I say when He questioned me? For God created both me and my servants. He created us both in the womb. Have I refused to help the poor or crushed the hopes of widows? Have I been stingy with my food and refused to share it with orphans? No, from childhood I have cared for orphans like a father, and all my life I have cared for widows. Whenever I saw the homeless without clothes and the needy with nothing to wear, did they not praise me for providing wool clothing to keep them warm? If I raised my hand against an orphan, knowing the judges would take my side, then let my shoulder be wrenched out of place, let my arm be torn from its socket. That would be better than facing God's judgment. For if the majesty of God opposes me, what hope is there? Have I put my trust in money, or felt secure because of my gold? Have I gloated about my wealth and all that I own? Have I looked at the sun shining in the skies, or the moon walking down its silver pathway, and been secretly enticed in my heart to throw kisses at them in worship? If so, I should be punished by the judges, for it would mean that I had denied the God of heaven. Have I ever rejoiced when disaster struck my enemies, or become excited when harm came their way? No, I have never sinned by cursing anyone or by asking for revenge. My servants have never said, He let others go hungry. I have never turned away a stranger, but have opened my doors to everyone. Have I tried to hide my sins like other people do, concealing my guilt in my heart? Have I feared the crowd or the contempt of the masses so that I kept quiet and stayed indoors? If only someone would listen to me, look, I will sign my name to my defense. Let the Almighty answer me. Let my accuser write out the charges against me. I would face the accusation proudly. I would wear it like a crown, for I would tell him exactly what I have done. 
I would come before him like a prince. If my land accuses me and all its furrows cry out together, or if I have stolen its crops or murdered its owners, then let thistles grow on that land instead of wheat and weeds instead of barley. Job's words are ended. Job chapter 32 Job's three friends refused to reply further to him because he kept insisting on his innocence. Then Elihu, son of Barakal the Buzite, of the clan of Ram, became angry. He was angry because Job refused to admit that he had sinned and that God was right in punishing him. He was also angry with Job's three friends, for they made God appear to be wrong by their inability to answer Job's arguments. Elihu had waited for the others to speak to Job because they were older than he. But when he saw that they had no further reply, he spoke out angrily. Elihu, son of Barakal the Buzite, said, I'm young and you are old, so I held back from telling you what I think. I thought, those who are older should speak, for wisdom comes with age. But there is a spirit within people, the breath of the Almighty within them, that makes them intelligent. Sometimes the elders are not wise. Sometimes the aged do not understand justice. So listen to me, and let me tell you what I think. I've waited all this time, listening very carefully to your arguments, listening to you grope for words. I have listened, but not one of you has refuted Job or answered his arguments. And don't tell me he is too wise for us. Only God can convince him. If Job had been arguing with me, I would not answer with your kind of logic. You sit there baffled with nothing more to say. Should I continue to wait, now that you are silent? Must I also remain silent? No, I will say my piece, I will speak my mind. For I am full of pent-up words, and the Spirit within me urges me on. I am like a cask of wine without a vent, like a new wineskin ready to burst. I must speak to find relief, so let me give my answers. I won't play favorites or try to flatter anyone, for if I tried flattery, my Creator would soon destroy me. Well, chapter 31 is the last chapter that records Job's words to his accusers. In this chapter, Job lists many different sins that a person could be accused of, and he tells how he is not guilty of any of them. He starts with one of a man's most common sins, looking with lust at a young woman. Now, how many men can say that they've not done that? He says that he made a covenant with his eyes not to do that. I remember reading that Billy Graham, in all his travels, made a similar covenant with his eyes. He would always avert his eyes to the ground when he was in a place where a pretty woman was around. That's a great strategy. And then Job asks if he's lied or deceived anyone. And when he's said all that he can in his own defense, when he's laid out his case, he challenges God to answer him. I think maybe Job took it a step too far, don't you? And then, beginning with chapter 32 and ending with chapter 37, we hear from Elihu. Chapter 32 is the first time Elihu shows up in the entire book of Job. And from the context of his speeches, he appears to be much younger than Job or Job's accusers or friends, whatever you want to call him, though we don't know Elihu's exact age. His speech here in this chapter doesn't really need much explaining except to say that, like many young men, he obviously does not have the experience to know what he does not know. In his mind, he's the smartest person in the room. I've known a few people like that. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Cliff Clavin from the old Cheers show. I like what Bible commentator Elmer Smick said. Almost all modern interpreters have found Elihu to be insufferably wordy. 
It takes them 24 verses to say, look out, I'm going to speak. (laughs) Yep, I've known people like that. What are your thoughts? Comment on the show notes page at lifespringmedia.com slash s12e108. And tomorrow we're going to read Jeremiah 17 to 21. Boost, boost, boost. On this date in church history, December 16th, 1714, George Whitefield, or Whitfield, was born. He was an English revivalist and associated with the Wesley Brothers during his university years. He was an evangelist his whole life long. He died in Newburyport, Massachusetts during his seventh visit to the American colonies. He had quite a life. You might want to look him up. George, it's spelled Whitefield, W-H-I-T-E-F-I-E-L-D, sometimes spelled Whitfield. Fascinating guy. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you for calling us to be yours. Today, Lord, we ask for wisdom. Help us to be good and faithful friends to those around us. We want you to use us as we interact with people. Help us to love as you do. And I thank you, Lord, for each person listening to this podcast. I pray that you would bless them today in a special way. You know the needs that each person has, and I ask you now to meet those needs so that they'll know that you are active in their life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Prayer.lifespringmedia.com is where you can go and submit your prayer requests and praises. If you find value in the show, would you please return some of that value to me to help keep the show coming to you? You can stream sats, you can boost and send boostograms through your podcast app, and if you don't have one that does that, get a better one at newpodcastapps.com. Or if you'd like to donate in a more conventional way, you can use PayPal, Venmo, or credit card at lifespringmedia.com support. Today's Christmas music is very much a departure from what I've shared with you so far. When it showed up on the now-defunct Podsafe Music Network several years ago, man, I hated to see that thing go. When it showed up there, I know I was flabbergasted. The song is the very traditional O Come All Ye Faithful, done in a very non-traditional style. You might even say that it's a twisted style, as you would expect from Twisted Sister. It's available on most streaming services. I hope you enjoy it. Until tomorrow, may God bless you richly. Thank you for being here. I'm Steve Webb. Bye. Come on in, guys.